Welcome to LSAT Demon Daily. I'm Ben Olson. That's Nathan Fox. Together, we're the founders of LSATdemon.com and the Thinking LSAT podcast. Today, we have an email from Alex. Hey, Ben and Nathan. I came across your website through an Amazon review trashing a Kaplan book that failed to help the reviewer. The book didn't help me much either. My interest That's interesting. So someone was trashing a book and mentioned us, I guess. My interest in law school as a career change manifested itself around the start of COVID last year. I took the July LSAT after blitzing Khan Academy's 10 practice tests, garnering erratic scores that ranged from 157 to 166. That's not erratic, by the way. Okay. I mean, that's uh, a 161 plus or minus 5. No, it's not, I agree. Sorry, I wasn't it's totally normal. <laughs> I was just still trying to process what this person is saying because that sentence kind of um, ended strangely. People think they should be more consistent than is really the truth. There's you're, When you're scoring 160, there's a lot you don't understand. Sometimes you're going to score in the 150s. Sometimes you're going to score in the higher 160s. Sometimes you get a little lucky. Sometimes you get a little unlucky. That's not like people are always worried about their erratic scores, but it's, there's just natural variation. So that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. I took the July, 2020 LSAT and was interrupted by my Proctor U administrator who misread my question about ending a section early as a request to end my entire test. So you asked the proctor to end yeah. your section early? Well, that was a mistake. Don't, yeah, don't. Those proctor, you proctors are not good. Don't. What's the point? You're in also, such a hurry that you have to end the section early. Also, uh, you shouldn't be ending section early. Yeah, you finished that section early? What, how early? Five minutes early? Chill out. Just wait. Well, your scores aren't good unless you're scoring in the high 170s. Like, I could see... Yeah. You know, if Matt Dumont went and took the LSAT and he did the logic games and he was done and he had 10 minutes remaining on the clock and he knew he had answered each of those questions perfectly, (laughs) then he could go, hey, can you end my section? But even then, it's probably a dumb idea because what happens here is the proctor, you proctor fucks him. Yeah. But yeah, why... (laughs) Why are you finishing early and still in this score? While you're scoring in around 160, you don't have any business finishing your sections early. He attempted to end my test in the middle of my reading session. Please tear your paper, etc. Apparently is what he said. And I had to argue with him to stop while jumping in and out of my RC section. (laughs) Well, you invited this problem. Despite my record of our transcript and my dispute, LSAC still shit on my request for a score review. No surprise, though. When I got my score back at 153, I was more than a little disappointed. I gave up and went back to my life for another year. What? Wow, I don't think you're like committed to law school if this small snafu, which you're largely responsible for, derailed your law school aspirations. Yeah, well, hadn't really started hearing our way of thinking about things, you know, so... This is like bad books, bad Khan Academy misunderstanding of this whole game and just like taking it once, having a hiccup, and then just putting it aside for a full year. That's a bummer. Fast forward to April 2021. 
I figured I'd try again. I registered for the June LSAT, bought a con or sorry, bought a Kaplan book on Amazon Ew. before I read review read the review and reused the Kaplan or Con website for practice tests. I figured that after a year the material would be unfamiliar enough to serve as practice. To my surprise, I was scoring one sixty three to one seventy one during this second blitz through the 10 practice tests. I don't understand this. Oh man, Alex. Oh God. Well, I mean, Alex has still had nothing but bad advice. Alex is going off of Kaplan and Khan Academy. So this blitz is by the way, a pace of about two tests a week. However, much to my chagrin and frustration, I still only received a 154. (laughs) Oh yeah. You're like rushing. Well, you did the same 10 tests. I mean, you, I get it that it was a year and I get it that, you know, you probably didn't remember that much, but you probably remembered some of it. And all right. Anyway. Okay. Anyway. So since joining with you guys, I have learned how many turds I was smearing all over my approach to the test. That was more (laughs) graphic than I was hoping. And the pearls have been most helpful. I'm not rushing to finish the test anymore and I'm getting less wrong you are wrong per section more consistently than in the past four to seven wrong the awareness that i don't need to finish the test but need to be present in every moment every sentence of each question has really helped reduce anxiety good good so why the hell am i writing you i'd love to know after taking the june test i could tell by the feel that it wasn't good i was rushing supremely anxious and didn't finish sections Hmm. wait you just told us you don't need to finish sections which i thought at the time a bad bad thing i can't help but think that reusing the old practice test was giving me false confidence or was it just the turds i was living by i've joined with you guys in the hopes of getting more reliable indicators of my lsat fitness can you advise me on whether I should take the August LSAT or bump it back to October? What would be a good sign that I'm ready to get a 165 <laughs> higher? Wait, just take a practice test in the demon. The average of your last five practice tests would be a really good sign that you're ready to get a 165 or higher. Is the average of your last five practice tests 165 or higher? Then you're that's a good sign that you're ready to get a 165 or higher. Yeah. I mean, if you're still repeating the tests in con, just come over to the demon and take one there. Ancillary question. Can a high LSAT score still get you generous financial aid, even if you have a 2.9 GPA, but your last four semesters were all 3.5? Nobody cares, but... I have a question about addendums because of personal circumstances that would explain the discrepancy. But I'll leave that for another email. Don't even. Don't don't bother. Nobody cares. <laughs> I mean, like they they give scholarships because they get to report your numbers on their public data. Yep. Okay. They're paying so, you money to use your numbers to boost their school. I think an addendum might help you get in, but I don't think an addendum is ever going to help you get a scholarship. I wouldn't bother like personal circumstances. Don't want to hear about it. Yeah. Increasing grade trend. 
Sure. Yep. One sentence that says the GPA in my last four semesters was 3.5. Yeah. Period. Like you don't need to say anything more than that or just don't even write an addendum at all. Yeah. Can you get a full ride, uh, Ben, with a 2.9 and a 165? Because that's the number that Alex seems interested in. I don't know. I would go to lsatdemon.com forward slash scholarships to find out. Conveniently, I've already done that. Thank you. Not going to get any money from schools in the top 30, very little money schools in the top 50. But down at number 60 on the list, I see full tuition scholarship at Pennsylvania State University, Dixon, Dickinson Law. Hmm. And if I sort by scholarship, yep. I can then see if I sort Whoa. by, dis, you know, descending by scholarship. Yeah. I see 15 schools all ranked, um, well, University of Missouri, 64th, willing to offer a stipend. Yeah. Howard University ranked 91st, willing to offer a stipend. Yeah. And then a whole bunch of schools ranked 100 to 200 that are willing to offer stipends. Um, those are in purple, highlighted in purple. Uh, the green, I see, yeah, a couple schools in the top 100, full tuition, and then a whole bunch of schools in the 100 to 200 range. Yeah. that are willing to offer a full tuition scholarship. Um, it sucks that your grades are bad. There's nothing you can do about that. The addendum doesn't really matter. It's facts. And that's the number that they're going to have to report on their 509 and to the world. Yeah. And that ship has sailed and you need to stop thinking about that. You need to instead do everything you can to get the very best LSAT score you can. And then you need to commit to the idea that you're not going to pay for law school. You just have to take one of these scholarships it would be such a mistake for you to pay for law school with a 2.9 undergraduate GPA. Yeah. You're just not, you're not going to get into any good, like really schools that matter. You're going to yeah. get into a fine local school that is just as good as whatever other local school. And you need to take the scholarship. Like do not be stupid enough to be like, well, I got into USC and they're going to give me a, a $15,000 a year scholarship that would be a real big mistake because you know if you're interested in los angeles um like paying all that money to usc would be just a huge mistake um or irvine that would be a huge mistake you can instead consider southwestern which is going to offer you a stipend full tuition and stipend um or just any other school that's going to get, that's going to let you go for free. Don't, don't pay. Sorry for going on that rant, but yeah. yes, it is possible with a, with a low GPA to get a full ride. You just have to decide that you don't care about the prestige of law school. Yeah. Cause it's not going to matter at your level. Whatever pres fake prestige school you get into is not actually prestigious. So you just need to decide that you're not going to waste money on tuition. In fact, if your if your GPA is low too, you should be going to these lower schools so that you can get a decent GPA at school, which matters for your jobs. Yeah, you're Otherwise, bad at school. Yeah. Like it, for whatever reason. And yeah, I get it, personal circumstances, it was a long time ago. Fine, but the scoreboard shows that you're bad at school. And trust me, I know because I'm bad at school. <laughs> I got a bad undergraduate GPA 
And then I also did poorly in all of my graduate degrees. Pretty much. I just did poorly because I don't like school. I'm not good at it. I don't like people telling me what to do. I don't like jumping through hoops. I don't, I don't take notes. I don't pay attention. I think I'm smarter than the teacher, you know, like I'm just a bad student. And my, my undergraduate GPA clearly reflects that I'm a bad student and my law school GPA reflects that I'm a bad student. And so I don't know, like (laughs) you, you should go to a regional school on a scholarship and then you should try to become a better student. You have a better chance of being a better student at least because you're not competing against badasses who have figured it out since <laughs> high school. Who have all re- always been better than you at school. Like they got better. Yeah, they have always got, they always got 4.0s throughout high school and throughout undergrad. And those are just not the people that you want to be competing with in law school. <laughs> I tell you, I was, it sounds like I was a little bit better at school than you were, but I was not the best by any means. But my second son, I don't know what his deal is, but this is why kids are just born the way they are, I guess. Yeah. Because he, he's one of those killers. He just, I mean, he's not necessarily the smartest kid in the shop, but he just sits there and he does his homework until it's done. He's like, oh, I don't understand this. So then he keeps doing it. And I'm like, you're still doing homework? You're in middle school. Yeah. He it's figured not, it out in this. <laughs> it's certainly not all about like the horsepower. Because if it was all about the horsepower, then you and I would always have gotten a 4.0 but it's not (laughs) like, that's why they use the LSAT and GPA to figure out, you know, who they want to admit to their school. Yeah. Um, LSAT also is not all about horsepower. You can though do really well on the LSAT just from horsepower. Yeah. Then it also tests how, how much you're willing to prep and, and all that. And if you're willing to work really hard, then you can also increase your LSAT score a lot. Um, but you know, Alex, you need to bust your ass. You need to get the best LSAT you can possibly get. You're going to be a splitter. You're not going to get into super top prestigious schools, but you can still go for free to a regional law school. Yeah. Um, you need that 165 or higher. We didn't advise Alex on whether to take the August LSAT or bump it back to October, but I guess that's just like your practice test scores aren't going to lie. Yeah. If you if you're within a couple points of a few points of that score a month out, then I would be registered. I hope, I mean, it's too late at this point to register for August, but yeah. On new tests, by the way, (laughs) don't go back to con and do those same 10 practice tests again. There's 90 total practice tests. We have them all in the demon. I would recommend doing tests in the demon because then you can learn from the mistakes you make, by the way, Yeah. in the demon, learn as much as you can. And who knows? Maybe you end up in the one seventies, you know, give yourself all kinds of options for full rides. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Thank you, Alex. And good luck. Um, email daily at lsatdemon.com If you'd like to ask us a question or share some exciting LSAT or law school admissions news. Thanks for listening. Thank <laughs> you.